It's the Almost Perfect Podcast. Welcome to the Almost Perfect Podcast, a celebration of fuck-ups, failures, and falling flat on your face. This is a podcast that believes you can learn from experience, but that experience doesn't have to be your own. Ha, I'm Bob Perfect, and I'm a functional fuck-up. Let's learn from somebody else's mistakes, and today we're learning from me. Yes, we're learning from me again. Now, we did one of these episodes all the way back on episode two, and that was back because I was a little bit lazy and didn't organize a new guest. This time, it's definitely not because I'm lazy. Uh, It's kind of the opposite. I'm very, very fucking busy at the moment. I am actually putting together the Heat City Comedy Festival, and whilst I'm doing that, I'm writing my second one-man show called The End of the World, and I'm also trying to, you know, write... the articles that I have to do to pay my rent. So life at the moment is very hectic for me. It's very busy for me. And I just want to say a huge, huge, huge thank you uh, to all the patrons over on Patreon because for this month, uh, yeah, your buddy is actually going into my pockets and not into buying equipment because I need it. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for supporting this podcast. I really do appreciate it. And to all of you who are listening, I also appreciate that you take time out of your day, you know, to listen to this. I'm doing this Q&A thing, and this is actually the second time I'm recording it, because I did this last week, Tuesday, but then I didn't get it out quite on the Wednesday or on the Thursday. I was going to finish up on the Thursday night after going to first Thursdays, because I was supporting my wonderful girlfriend. She had an exhibition as part of also Louis de Villiers' exhibition. She had a bag on exhibit there with Amanda Led Cherry, uh, a tote bag with one of her photos on it. Her name is Paige Finesse. If you don't know, go check her out, Betty Page or Paige Finesse on Instagram. And she was part of Louis de Villiers' exhibition, which you can also, by the way, get to know. You can go get to know him on this podcast. We chatted last year sometime. And... Yeah, so we we went out, we went, I went to go support her, and I was like, cool, when I get back, I'll upload the podcast, and everything will be cool, but uh, before I could get home, someone decided that they liked my phone more than I did, and took it out of my pocket, and this was literally on my way out, like, we were going home, we were leaving the jaw we were at, and the motherfucker stole my phone, and so that's uh, created... A bit of a cuck time for me. My Friday was an absolute write-off. And then Saturday and Sunday were Icon, which is a big nerd fest here in Durban and something I absolutely couldn't miss. And so the clock kept ticking over. I couldn't get this podcast up because I use my phone for internet. That's how I do everything. I've got a contract that's got a lot of data on it. And so, yeah, that's the whole thing. Uh, I use my phone to get on the fucking internet and to upload these things. And so eventually, by yesterday, which was Monday, I was like, fuck it. Like, a lot of the stuff I talk about on the podcast was also referencing stuff that was going to happen, like Icon, um, like Matt Cuthbert's events from The Soul, and a few different things, like the July. And it would just feel a bit weird putting the podcast up, you know, (laughs) this week now, when, like, it would just feel so out of time and so out of place. So I figured I would record it again. And so here we are. And I want to thank all of you who did submit questions. I did ask all of you on Twitter, on Facebook. 
on Instagram and on Patreon for your questions. And a lot of you hit me up. And also, like, oh, so that's where I was going with this thing about Thursday night. Well, it was dope about Thursday night for me, especially before the phone stealing thing, was I had so many people come up to me. So many. It was about three or four people. But still, that's so many for me at the moment. Like, I feel really stoked about it. That people came up to me and were speaking to me about the podcast. Just that they enjoy the podcast. About the different guests. About, you know, like, what they got out of it. And that means a lot to me. And I really appreciate all of you who did that. So thank you so much for coming and talking to me about the podcast. To all the people who inbox me, you know, on whichever platform you do it on. I like it stokes me out that this podcast is actually having an effect and you know it seems to be a positive one from what everyone is telling me so once again thank you so much for listening thank you so much for your questions let's get into this Q&A I think I've explained everything I'm doing a festival um I don't have a lot of time and I was playing magic over the weekend so here we go with the Q&A for me yes me obviously for fucking me jesus christ bob uh the first question is are you jazz that would be leah jazz who is a guest on this podcast fairly recently she asks how's loki now you should be asking how i am because loki is fucking fine loki is great loki is living the good life up in joburg and uh, i guess for those of you who don't know loki is my cat but loki is no longer living with me She's still living though, <laughs> she's still living, uh, she's living with my mum up in Joburg these days. When I moved, so some of you should know, I've, like I used to live in Ambilo, I basically lived in the same flat my whole life, and it finally came time to GTFO, and I tried for ages to find, you know, spots that would let me take the cat, and I just couldn't, like it took me like a year and a half, nearly two years before I eventually settled down into the spot that I've got now, and... So, yeah, we, like, I chatted to my mom, and she was like, you know, I'll take your cats happily. And so she has, we drove her up to Joburg uh, over Christmas time. And now, yeah, Loki is, definitely looks like, from the photos, like she's having a great time. Because that cat is being fed. And she should not be fed as much as she is being fed, because she has a very small face. And she's starting to kind of look... A little bit like, I don't know, like an Oompa Loompa cat. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, my, my, my mom needs to just, but the problem, I think the actual problem is not how much my mom feeds that cat. It's that my cat then eats my, the other cat's food and then the dog's food. And so, yeah, she's a bit of a bully, that one. And, you know, she was an only child. So what can you expect? She's now in an environment where she's got to stake a claim. But my mom says she's chilling out a bit these days, and my mom's also bought her like this huge jungle gym thing. So, yeah, I think I think Loki's fine. But thanks for asking that question. The next question is by Nas Husson, who I've also interviewed on this podcast. He asks, "Where do you want your career to take you? Like, without being cynical about it, where? Uh, why do you have to add the without being cynical about it part? Like, I need to come and give you a real answer here." Um, this is a, I don't know, it's a bit of a weird question, it's a bit of a personal question, because, you know, what if it doesn't happen, man, like, yeah, I'm sharing all these things with you guys, and then, 
you know, that doesn't work out. But uh, I've got a few different goals, which is kind of cool. Although it's a jack of all trades situation, maybe. Although there's, I like the version of the saying, you know, jack of all trades, master of one. I just haven't figured out which that one is yet. I think words, even though you might not get it from the way I'm talking to you guys now, but I think in general, words are the the trade that I'm, I'm trying to master as time goes on. But where do I want my career to take me? Uh, all over the world, man. That would be pretty fun. Like if there is still uh, all over the world to go to. And it also kind of feels a little bit selfish to, you know, want to get on jet planes and keep contributing to global warming just to pursue, you know, my dreams. But it would be nice if I got to tour doing stand-up comedy. That would be quite fun. So that's definitely one of the goals. Another one's also, you know, just for this podcast to get out there a bit more, for more people to know about it, for more people to listen to it and hopefully enjoy it. That would be pretty cool that's definitely a goal for me that's definitely something that long term i'm hoping that this is the avenue that you know the most people not the most people because i'd actually want this along with the comedy being the avenues you know that people connect with but i know that you know it's a long journey and it's also maybe this won't get tens of thousands of listeners and that's not necessarily what I'm going for because if I was going for that I probably wouldn't be interviewing people with you know a hundred likes on Facebook like let's be honest but I get the value in chatting to those people and so I want to keep doing that I want to keep just finding different people to talk to on this podcast who have cool stories to share so that's definitely somewhere that I want this podcast to take me is just you know, it's introduced me to new people that I admire and want to get to know. So that's a goal with this podcast, I guess. And then what else would there be? There would definitely be the Heat City Comedy Festival. I want that to become, you know, like not to be too hyperbolic, but how cool would it be if I could make it the biggest comedy festival in South Africa? Will that happen? I don't know, but that's the goal. Of course, that's the fucking goal. Why Why would it not be the goal? Why would I try and put together a comedy festival and not try and make it the biggest and best in the country? Well, probably because that's fucking hard and nobody supports anything in Durban, Bob. Well, you, I don't know. Maybe that'll change. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Who fucking knows? But I would like to, in 17 years' time, you know, be celebrating the 20, 20th anniversary of the Heat City Comedy Festival. So that's also definitely somewhere I would like my career to take me is A, into the future uh, so I can survive for another 20 years and have, you know, run a successful comedy festival for all 20 of those years. That would definitely be very cool. And then lastly, I would love to open my own venue. This is something I think I've spoken about before, but that's definitely something I would love to, you know, have in my career. Like if I get to be like a 50 60 something year old man um i would definitely like to check that off at some point um have owned or you know still own a venue as i get older so that's kind of where i want this whole thing to take me you know i want to keep doing this i want to keep creating cool contents like this and i also want to get more involved when it comes to podcasting like doing different kinds of podcasts and stuff i've got ideas with that and i guess i'll share that with you as time goes on 
But yeah, podcasting is definitely a thing that I want to take further. Same thing with the comedy man. Like I said, touring with that, starting my own venue and making the Heat City Comedy Festival the biggest comedy festival in the country. You know, small things, chilled things, achievable goals. <laughs> ah, cool. Next up is Quasi Q on Insta, but uh, I know her as Knox. Uh, she used to work at DYR and was absolutely fantastic radio presenter. Like, she's in Joburg now. I can't remember which radio station she's on, and I don't want to say the wrong thing, so I'm not going to say it. But Knox, thank you so much for your question. And also just for being a bit of an inspiration, I definitely want to get you on this podcast next time we are both in the same city because your work ethic always just blew me out of the water. And like like just how hard she prepped up and also just how good she was on air was really dope. So she asked, what's the updates on that guy who copied your name, that uncreative loser? So the short story here is... Uh, a dude has named his one-man comedy show or like a half-hour comedy show after my Twitter name. The long story is this guy and I have like a decade-long history at least where I've just never fucking liked him and he used to want to be my friend and then he dated someone like and was really shitty to her and you know she was a friend of mine and obviously I didn't fucking dig that. And just in general, since then, he's said and done a lot of shit that I have not enjoyed. And I've been like, yo, you're a bit of a fucking cunt, aren't you? Because, well, he is. And, you know, he doesn't appreciate that, obviously. And so, as time's gone on, I think uh, the mutual hatred has grown a little bit there. Although, personally, I just want him to leave me the fuck alone. Um, But, yeah, in December, he you know, just tweeted out of the fucking blue from his account that for on Twitter, he was like, fuck Bob Perfect, that pretentious cunt, if I ever see him, I'm going to smash his face in. And he got suspended from Twitter because uh, people, uh, I, love, I, love, I love, thanks, thanks Twitter people. Uh, people went and reported the tweet uh, because obviously it's targeted harassment and shit. So yeah, he got suspended from Twitter and now he's written a whole one-man show about that apparently that's that's the story that's why he's called he's named he's named a fuck this is some stan shit man he's named a fucking show after me so it's a bit of an awkward situation i'm not gonna lie to you i feel like i might be in you know like my own version of single white female or or stan just straight up fucking stan uh i don't know if that's quite accurate but yeah it all does feel very weird and personally i do just want him to leave me alone because he's always been a little bit weirdly fucking obsessed with me and i just want him to leave me alone like that would be dope that would be so fucking rad like if he just lived his life and never thought about me again and never spoke my name again and i never spoke his again that would be pretty cool that would be rad. I would like that. But uh, I don't know if that's actually going to happen since he's written a show about me. I hope he gets what he wants out of it. I hope uh, it brings him some sort of catharsis and this uh, weirdness just doesn't continue. Cool. Next up is This is Shal87. What's your verdict on Cody's unprotected chair shot at Fighterfest? Now, some of you are, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck? 
I have no clue what any of these things are. Who's Cody? What's Fighter Fest? A chair shot? That sounds like wrestling. Yes, it is wrestling. And Fighter Fest was this wrestling show done by a, by a company called AEW, All Elite Wrestling. They're a new company, which is started by a ragtag bunch of misfits and a billionaire. So <laughs> it's a pretty cool story, and I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but basically I like them quite a lot. I... Yeah, I've been supporting it. I haven't even really watched WWE in a while. And if you didn't know, I'm a wrestling fan. Uh, so now you know. So I'm a wrestling fan. And uh, AEW has definitely lit the spark under me again in terms of being a fan of wrestling. It's been a while since I've actually been like, yeah, wrestling's fucking dope. You know, like I've been like, yeah, I enjoy wrestling. But WWE has just been so lackluster for years that it's always kind of like an embarrassing thing to be like yeah I like wrestling whereas now like with AEW it's like fuck yeah I like wrestling dude you should check this out this shit is hardcore this shit is hectic this shit is good storytelling this shit is acrobatic this shit is just you know it's on a different level to the stuff that you can see in WWE so I highly recommend you go and check out AEW when you get a chance um especially go go to YouTube and just uh Type in AEW, the buy-in, uh, all-in. And that hour is a pretty cool battle royale. And then I think the first match there is Sammy Guevara. I can't remember the other guy. Uh, was it Jungle Boy? It might have been Jungle... No, Jungle Boy was in the main thing. But anyway, like just some really like dope high-flying stuff uh, in that first hour. And if you like that, go check out the rest of AEW stuff. You can, you know, use torrents and the like to find it if you really want to. Now, what happened, uh, what Charles is referencing here is Cody. Cody is one of the main guys. He is one of the executive vice presidents of the company and one of the guys who started it. And he used to be in WWE. He left, created this whole long journey and got to this point now where literally, you know, he's in a company where he's one of the main, like literally he's one of the owners of a company that is in competition with WWE now. And it's fucking dope. Now... He took a fucking unprotected head, hair shot, no, an unprotected chair shot to the head at Fighter Fest, which was this dope event at CEO, which was a cool gaming convention. Now, he, there was this guy called Sean Spears, also ex-WWE guy, but now Sean hit him with a chair, and usually what wrestlers do is they get like a hand up, like just in time, so it doesn't actually hit them in the head. But Cody didn't do shit. He just left his hands down and took the shot on the side, like over his head, and dropped to the floor. And all of a sudden, like just blood starts pouring out the back of his fucking head. And we're all like, "Oh snap! That was probably not a good idea." And it's usually not a good idea to do unprotected hair chair shots. We know this uh, from you know CTE shit and just in general, like now. We know that a lot of wrestlers have suffered heavily because of concussions and because of taking unprotected hit chair shots. So it's been a very controversial thing, especially because, yeah, like this isn't done these days. Like people don't do that. People don't take unprotected chair shots anymore because they want their careers to survive. You know, they want to live longer. They don't want to suffer all the issues that you know, a lot of people have suffered from these things. And so people have been giving Cody a lot of shit and I get it. I get why, but 
they say that the chair was meant to be gimmicked and like if you look at the like some of the footage you can actually kind of see the way it wraps around his head like basically they just caught him the wrong spot like the part that was meant to hit him was super flimsy and so that part caught him but then bent over and then the other part was a lot harder and that's the part that caught him on the back of the head and cut him open so essentially i think the plan was for it to be a lot more safe than the way it came out and you know shit happens should they have done the spot well if it was anyone else i don't think so no but if you're the owner of the fucking company and you know all the risks like cody knows the risks involved with this shit and it's his company he's not asking anyone else to do it you know, he's not saying, yo, you go out there, you take this chair shot. And it's not like somebody else going out there and being like, you know, I'm going to do this because I like want to like, you know, please the fans and please my boss. It's just Cody going, I want to do this. Well, yeah, to please the fans, but also because he wants to do it. And there's nobody else at risk there. And there's nobody else liable there. So it's hard for me to have like a moral issue with him doing it. Like, I'm always kind of about, like, yo, if you want to do a destructive thing that hurts you, but you're aware and you still want to do it, you know, go ahead. Like, I'm someone who literally smokes weed every single day. I've got an understanding that burning something and inhaling it every day, probably not a good thing. I've spent years, you know, like, drinking fucking Coca-Cola every single day that much sugar not good for you lots of things we we all do it you know we all take risks with our lives and in different ways knowing the risks are there a lot of us understand that we're probably going to get cancer because of the lifestyles that we lead and so once again like if you're a wrestler and like i watched the other day i watched uh, please don't die joey janela which is a cool documentary done by a guy i think his name's kenny johnson go google that if you're interested but, you know, like, he's this guy who who's now in AEW as well, but has done a lot of different shit on the hardcore scene. And some very, like, basically him and this other guy, like, jumped off a roof and went through glass and barbed wire and fucking everything into the back of a truck. And it's just the most gnarly shit, man. And <laughs> I can't remember where exactly I'm going with this, but... Uh, yeah and it's like that's his choice to do like that's their choice to do essentially you know as performers and stuff like do i think they should take those risks most of the time no i don't think like you like you should be putting your life at risk like that because i don't want to see anyone fucking die in the ring and it has obviously happened in different freak accidents and stuff and you know that is a consequence of any dangerous thing that you do i mean you can die playing soccer you can die doing a million different things but adding unnecessary risk obviously is probably you know like it's all up to you and it's not always like it's not necessarily necessary but if that's a story that you want to tell creatively if that's the method you want to use and well fuck it's definitely a lot more dramatic now it's definitely it feels a lot more real now because well guess what that turned out to be pretty real so 
at the same time it's wrestling and it's not meant to be real so but it's also one of those things that blurs the line i do think that like if it was anyone else in the company i would have a problem with it i wouldn't agree with them like you know wanting their wrestlers to take those kind of shots but if the guy who started the company is like yo i want to take the shot then you know what fuck it let him take that shot and uh, he's uh, definitely gonna feel that one for quite a while now cool thanks for your question shawl next one's by mt msomi now mt is someone who I used to be in a blogging competition with her, me, him, and Sinele Sele, who does temperature clothing, and who I'm definitely going to get on this podcast sometime. We actually met up, like, a few years back as part of this team that was taking on a few other people, teams from around the country, which, weirdly enough, had people like Nikki St. Bruce on them. <laughs> Long story. Um, but, yeah, basically, I met him T years and years ago, and dope as fuck, dude. Moved to Ireland a few years back, now he's living La Vida Loca. He's come back to South Africa recently. And we actually met up over the course of the weekend at Icon. And he got me a comic and everything. So thanks, MT. And thanks for your question. It's a really good one. He asked, do you think you should have killed DIY earlier? Did it hinder your growth? Because you're doing great without it. Well, first, thank you for the I'm doing great without it. Um, I do like the transition. I do feel like things are going well-ish for me like they're not going great uh but they're definitely i'm less unhappy and like i think that's definitely a good step that's fucking a great step i'm a lot happier these days than a lot of the time with diy i think because you know like while i i'm so grateful i did it and both times you know like the the re the relaunch as well i don't know if it's what i should have done necessarily like, I don't like having to, uh, you know, monitor other people every single day and, like, basically herd cats every single day. I just want to write, you know. I want to be one of the cats being herded, <laughs> like, in in all reality. I just want to create the content. I don't want to be having to manage all the different people and stuff. So I think there were certain things when it came to DIY that definitely conflicted with who I am and as a person and I guess I had to go through all of those different things to figure out who I am a bit better and a bit closer and so I'm glad I did it and I do think I should have stopped it sooner for my own personal well-being but I think it still had a positive effect the second time around and I'm glad that like the offshoots of that like you know people that worked on DIY with me the second time around are doing some really cool things at the moment so that's dope to see you know and that's always what I wanted but at the moment I do want to focus more on myself and more on my own career and more on yeah just providing you know a platform for myself and for others in a different way instead of you know every single day trying to get content out there figuring out what's going on and just you know although like it's it's quite a manic thing like running like a website and all the respect in the world to all the editors out there who do it for real. Uh, you guys get paid. I <laughs> I did not make much money out of DIY. And yeah, I don't regret that, but I do kind of wish it was slightly different. Uh, I might, might be in a slightly better position now had a, and a DIY a bit sooner. But I don't know. I'm grateful that it did all happen. It's A lot of it put me 
into a lot of cool positions, man. I got to do so like much cool shit and create a name for myself. That's the thing. If I didn't create Durban as yours, like I wouldn't be who I am. That's just the facts. Like people, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know who I am. Like we wouldn't have met up for street cred. So there's, yeah, no one would fucking know who I am if it wasn't for Durban as yours. So I'm definitely super grateful that I got to do it, but probably should have ended it once the original team left and I don't, but that's the thing, I don't know what I would have done, I would have probably tried to start this a bit sooner, because this was always a goal of mine, was to do a podcast, but, you know, I guess we we do things when we're ready to do things, and I called it on DIY when I realized that, yeah, that's not what I need to be doing with my time anymore, and I can actually put it to bed, and I can move on, I can be Bob Perfect without Durban as yours, I can be just me. And so I guess that's what I'm doing now. And I guess that's why I'm doing great without it. So thanks so much, bro. Hater Related ask, what's your favorite Pokemon? Now, Hater Related are a band from Durban. I actually wrote about their latest EP, which you can go and check out on Bubblegum Club. But I'm going to assume it's Baron asking this question. What's your favorite Pokemon? Now, Mew would probably be my absolute favorite Pokemon. Uh, just super cute and all powerful kind of vibes and you know just unique it's there's only one Mew so big fan of all those elements about Mew other than that Lapras I've always had a you know a bit of a soft spot for Lapras I like Abra I like Mareep I like Rolts and yeah I'd say like those those five are kind of you know not the most powerful all the way although you know Lapras well actually yeah Rolts can get into yeah, they all, they all evolved into actually some pretty decent Pokies. And that's probably why I like them. I have an affinity for, like, the Psychic Pokemon. I always felt like they were the strongest. And that's just because they were little glass cannons. But I appreciate a good glass cannon every now and again. Like, depending on the game you're playing and the meta game you're in, uh, I, can, I like calling an audible and switching to something that just comes in and fucks somebody up. So that was... Uh, Probably why I liked so psychic Pokemon quite a bit. Uh, next up, Blake Reinhardt one asks, "What's the most you've spent on magic?" Uh, not that much actually. Though about a, like probably about a grand at a time would be the most I spend. But really, like the most I spend most of the time would be about five hundred rand every three months for pre-releases. But Usually what I do is, like, I'll sell my cards that I don't need uh, to buy cards that I do need. And you can also trade, and there's lots of different ways that the whole thing works. But basically with Magic the Gathering, um, your collection is like a liquid, like it's liquid assets, essentially. And if you are smart about it and you treat them, you know, properly as liquid assets that can constantly be moving, you can find yourself not spending that much also like i'm fairly decent at the game i've managed to win a lot of boosters in my time and when you open boosters you get more cards and those cards are worth money which you can either trade or you can sell and so that's kind of just how i've always done it when it comes to magic i've just tried to maintain my collection in a way that it's you know always just not always just cards that i need but as mostly, you know, condensed into cards that I want to use and need as possible. 
and everything else you know like i'll just try and sell or trade for what i want as it goes along so recently i actually placed a big order uh from overseas from hararuya uh but that was for four grand but that was like between like six or seven different people i think so you know we all spent like different like amounts of money there but that's the most technically i've spent i guess but in reality yeah about a thousand rand or so i like I, i don't spend a lot of money on magic on purpose because a i don't have a lot of money and b i don't think like it's necessarily smart to put all my money into you know pieces of cardboard weird how i would say that you know that would seem apparent to almost everyone else but a lot of people actually do kind of treat magic as an investment vehicle and personally i've got it as like you know it's almost like bitcoin for me like yeah i'll still like because bitcoin i still buy bitcoin like every month and i'll be doing that for ages and you know maybe that'll pay off maybe it won't but it's one of those things it's essentially like a gamble of but it's not like it's a gamble and then like it's the same way that i treat gambling like when i go gambling it's like he has 200 bucks that i'm going to spend over the next however much time and that's that and so that's essentially the same thing with magic um but both have the opportunity that you could walk away with more you know and a lot of people do realize that when it comes to magic and they treat it like as an investment vehicle i just don't think that's exactly safe or smart and so i try not to keep too much of my money tied up in magic cards uh mr media x uh, asks three people you would bring back from the dead just to interview um i think vishendra also asked so vish asked like five people a little bit later so i would definitely want to interview oscar wild oscar wild would be great that would be the first one so i would love to bring oscar wild back from the dead just to interview cuz not just interview though i want him to write like a second book cuz he only ever got to write the one he wrote the picture of dorian gray which is still to this day one of my absolute like favorite books and i've always had an affinity for oscar wild he was my favorite author like as a teenager once i got to high school fuck i just loved all his shit man like you know from his short stories his poetry his plays it's kind of because of oscar wild that i even liked reading plays and so i would definitely <laughs> enjoy interviewing him and yeah man it's a fucking like it's a shame the way like he got persecuted basically just because of having a homosexual relationship with i can't remember who right now but it was like a lord's son and that dude was just like he basically got Oscar Wilde persecuted and sent into exile and later Oscar Wilde died because of that and you know it's fucked up that such an extraordinary talent got taken away from us just because of their sexuality and because of obviously who it was with and uh just you know the history is full of this shit and that's really frustrating but i'm grateful that you know the world gets to read Oscar Wilde for as long as there is still a world around and i would love if i could have you know ever interviewed him Second one on like a similar level but in a very different way would probably be Biggie Smalls. Uh also incredible wordsmith and someone who I'd love to ask him yeah about the impact like his life has had you know since his death essentially it's hard to imagine anyone like really not anyone but you know like 
it's hard to imagine someone who has had a bigger impact off of one album you know the guy only there was obviously life after death but like i don't consider that canon you know um ready to die is straight up one of the greatest albums of all time it's one of my favorite pieces of art that exists um yeah suicidal thoughts man it's just that song has hit home for me so many times and there was a big period of my life where ready to die definitely affected me and i think it's probably affected a lot of different people in a lot of different ways especially if you've grown up in a poorer community um you know in lower class neighborhoods essentially that that kind of shit definitely would relate to a bit more and i've yeah i've always related very hard to that album and so i would love to chat to biggie smalls uh obviously won't ever get to and also i'd just like to yeah find out if uh he did fucking go like go to hell fuck it when i die fuck it i want to go to hell because i'm a piece of shit it ain't hard to fucking tell yeah man uh definitely had a way with words now the third person i would want to bring back to interview would be Brittany murphy um i've always had a bit of a crush on her and i think like i wouldn't want it like not like i wouldn't want to bring her back and interview her because i have a crush on her you know like i mean like a, a crush on her and her work like i've always yeah enjoyed her as an actress like from clueless all the way through man like little black book was an underrated movie i remember watching that like on mnet when i used to bunk school and stuff i saw it a few times and she was great in that she was also great in sin city um i just always enjoyed her and always enjoyed her work and when she died it was fucking out of nowhere it was so sudden and it was one of those ones that like you know made you really go oh shit life is short you know like you never know what could happen like how you know things might go and so i would love to chat to her just because i feel like she hers was a career that was cut short and so i would like to know what her you know dreams were what she would have liked to have achieved more in her life or if she was you know content with the movies that she made if she same thing with you know biggie and same thing i guess that's kind of the <laughs> actually like even with because uh, i know one of the other ones that i want to talk about as well i think i'm actually just going to do four um instead of the father bush wanted instead of the three uh that mr media x wanted we'll we'll settle with four and i'll get to the next one and the 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 theme is like all just lives like you know cut short and who couldn't produce more art like and who did produce fantastic art that affected all of us and so i guess the fourth one would be pastel heart i would love if i could bring i mean for more reasons than just to be able to interview him but yeah man i would love to be able to interview pastel heart on this podcast that would have been fantastic and just in general it would have been great if you know he didn't suffer from the things he did and didn't you know things didn't go the way that they did like i wish <laughs> yeah you know wishes were wishes like we all i think we all do and he was such a bright fucking light in this dark world and that the world got to him and that his demons i say demons but it's mental illness essentially you know which i know some of you go through 
and uh, which you know I need to go to a shrink and find out what I'm going through in general um, but you know it is something that affects people and unfortunately that's what happened with pastel is you know the worst possible outcome I guess and you know that guy created some art that is going to like keep impacting people forever or for a very 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 long time I love that you know he took it to the streets man and not just to the streets he took it everywhere like you will find pastel's work and the you know little nooks and crannies all over South Africa and it's beautiful to see man it's beautiful to see those iconic lips with the gap tooth sprayed everywhere you can and also all his other work the guy had fuck man so much talent he was so phenomenal um so yeah man it would have been would have been dope (laughs) if he had stuck around for long enough to be able to actually interview him on this podcast but yeah i never got to interview pastel but i you know i did get to hang with him a bit at times and I'm grateful for that and I'm grateful that we all get to see his work around us and I hope like I hope people don't paint over it just let that shit be preserved for as long as possible but that's also I guess you know a part of being not that he was a graffiti artist he was a street artist um but I guess the impermanence of all of it is part of it part of it and Pastel will always live on in our hearts and you know and in our in our minds and literally on a whole lot of walls for a long time to come so yeah those those are the people who if i could bring back from the dead wow what a morbid thought uh, but if i could bring them back from the dead i would interview them cool next up uh, zondo spamandla pila uh, from facebook asks what does it take for one to get featured on the almost perfect podcast uh this is an awkward one because there's no like set criteria or anything it's just people who i think have an interesting story so other not just people who i think have an interesting story like people who i think i would have an interesting rapport with and who i've kind of got a bit of history with or who i've who whose art i already engage with um it's a bit of a weird thing man but it's just one of those things where it's like i've got a list at the moment that's about 150 to 200 different people and i know a lot of them like most of them actually i've met a lot of different people in my career over the years and you know i've interviewed some of them for print and i've enjoyed doing that i really do enjoy you know those kind of interviews although i hate transcribing but I do enjoy doing the interview and then getting to write it and edit it and that sort of thing, you know, creating a story out of it, creating a narrative out of it. But I love that with this, there's less of that. I mean, you still structure things like so, you know, as I'm asking questions and stuff, I'm still thinking about where I want the conversations to kind of go. And, you know, like you're you're listening to what people are saying and picking up things and, you know, trying to still craft a narrative, still weave things through, still get the person's story out of them over the course of an hour, but they get to say so much more. There's so much you don't edit down. So a lot of this is, 
yeah, like a lot of the names on that list are people who I have interviewed before and I want to get to do it properly a bit longer. A lot of the other names are people who have done things that I think are really cool or are just things that people can learn from. Uh, if you look at a lot of the people that I've interviewed on this podcast, you know, they're just in, some of them have done big things, you know, like Awan Wolf's done it all already. And others are just starting to do big things. You look at Leah Jazz with, you know, the 5FM thing. You look at Russ Charles with the voice thing. There's these steps that people are taking. You've also got, you know, other people who have quietly been doing their thing for years and are getting their recognition for it, like Luke Mulver. You know, like it's... So that's a big part of it as well. It's, you know, these different people who are in situations where they're kind of successful now or they're kind of reaching levels of success that other people would want to get to and so that's the thing there's not really like a set criteria to you know how to get on here and I haven't really done any interviews with anyone yet like that is from outside my circle um pretty much everyone is someone who like even like a uh, mixed blouse while i didn't know mixed blouse before that and someone like lindy johnson didn't know them before that you know i followed them both on the internet for ages i've engaged with their work of like well i say engaged with their work i'm still yet to really see a lot of lindy stuff but i've listened to mixed blouse a lot i've you know read interviews with both of them before and just in general you know have an understanding of who they are before I get to interview them so those are people who I knew that that would work I would be able to chat to them and I wanted to chat to them so it's as I keep saying it's a bit of a weird one because there aren't any set criteria so if you want to be on the podcast email me uh, almostperfectpod at gmail.com and I don't know like I'll listen to stuff I'll watch stuff I'll engage with stuff, but I don't know, like, when I'm going to be getting different people onto the podcast who aren't necessarily on my list yet. Like, maybe you've got something that'll blow me the fuck away, and I'll be like, yeah, I need to chat about that. But as it stands, I've kind of got my my own little thing going on, because this is a very personal project for me. Uh, this is super personal. It's not necessarily, like, it is a thing to put other people on, but I'm doing it in a way that's super giving of myself and so I want to make sure that everyone that I get on here is someone who I like I I guess I don't think I'm going to be one of those people who you know invites someone onto the podcast who I don't like in some way or don't know already or don't have some sort of understanding that you know I dig this person already so I hope that helps. I don't know if that answers your question. It might have been a long, convoluted way to say I just interview my friends. <laughs> um, this one's from the Patreon, and it is from my girlfriend Paige. Uh, she asked, "What music slash song makes you cry without fail?" And that would be "Lua" by Brazzers. Uh, it's one of the saddest songs ever. Uh, you should go and listen to it if you everyone just start crying and you know if you've got two ears and a heart that's definitely going to fuck you up it's uh yeah man it's a very just bright eyes in general managed to hit that spot for me 
that just tears me up. Although your next question is, when was the last time you cried? And that was last week. And <laughs> it's because the festival and everything has been getting to me. Like just managing, you know, all the different comedians, trying to get sponsors on board, trying to sell tickets, trying to like just manage all the all the behind the scene things that nobody really knows about when it comes to putting these kind of things together, as well as the stresses of, you know, just trying to earn enough money to, you know, keep getting through each month whilst I'm trying to make these other things work. So yeah, like last week I was listening to Isaiah Rashad's Heavenly Father and yeah, I just started crying because life was a bit much and I really relate to that song and I really, yeah, just in general, like Isaiah Rashad makes some fantastic fucking music and yeah, it all came crashing down and I tend to cry a lot more than I think people realize. Um, I think it's probably good for you to let out emotions and stuff <laughs> i probably let them out a bit too much i've always uh been on pretty broad like both like broad ends of the spectrum like um uh, yeah i get very sad and very angry and very i don't know if i get very happy like very happy uh, like i'm just very sad and very angry just two of those different vibes but no i do i do feel joy and elation in big ways, like I am a emotive and emotional person, and so I've learned, you know, like wearing your heart on your sleeve is good a lot of the time, and sometimes not to, but for the most part, I'm not ashamed of it. I mean, I cry in movies, as Paige well knows. Um, <laughs> I cried during fucking Avengers Endgame, so that that tells you. Uh, just just how sensitive I am, and in general, like I mean, during Game of Thrones, I think I cried a few times, and not not like the Red Wedding, like the Red Wedding, I was just like, fuck yes, this is this is the shit, this is that hit me hit me with that golden violence, um, but you know there were other sections of course in Game of Thrones that hit me hard, and just in general, like I cried the cry when I read books, I get moved by like emotive art quite a lot i guess so yeah um that's uh thanks for putting me on blast or maybe you or you maybe that's your plan page maybe you just want uh, people to think i'm a more sensitive person than to the person you get to see sometimes cool so these are a group of questions now uh, this is by vishendra nadu vishendra's dope dude who actually is one of the reasons why I got back into playing Magic the Gathering as much as I do. Uh, I'll tell you the real story. It started with Paige going and working for the circus uh, in Cape Town. I'm not going to give you any other context other than that. And basically she was going to work there for like three months. And I was like, well, I'm going to chill the fucking home. Because my girlfriend's, you know, going away for three months. Uh, I don't really feel like going out. So I downloaded Magic the Gathering online because I used to play Magic when I was a kid and I was like, fuck, this is what I'm going to do for a while. And then I started playing, like I wanted to play in person. I went to Icon like three or four years ago out in Durban North and I got added to like the WhatsApp group and stuff like that because the shops are all out in fucking Westville and Hillcrest and just not where I am, not where I can get. And I posted in the group, hey, can I get a lift from anyone to the shop? 
And Vichendra was the first person to uh, give me a lift to the shop, to the Unseen shop, who were one of my sponsors. You might have heard me talk about them on this podcast. And uh, the team behind the Unseen, well, some of them actually were some of the people behind Icon. So they're doing cool things in the nerd community. And you should support them if you ever get the opportunity. But uh, that's a long way for me to say, hey, thanks for Chandra for A, saving my ass all the way back in the day by giving me a lift to magic and, you know, getting me back into something that does provide a lot of value to my life. And then also for being a patron on the Patreon. And I uh, look forward to giving you your Japanese planeswalkers later this week. It's actually going to be when this podcast goes up. But for now, we can uh, we can answer your questions. Looking both back and forward five years, where do you think hope to be right now? And where do you see yourself going in the future? Or where did you think hope to be right now? And where do you see yourself going in the future? Uh, I saw myself out of Durban, <laughs> maybe. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, the five-year plan thing wasn't always a thing. I had like a... Yeah, like I don't know where I saw myself in five years because back in the day I like was pretty nihilistic and didn't necessarily think I would make it past 30. So it's hard for me to like be... But at 27, I guess I was starting to like come right with myself a bit and I was starting to uh, level out and maybe look forward. But... I guess I was looking at being, you know, a more successful writer. Although that's hard to say because I've been a relatively successful writer. It just doesn't pay that well. <laughs> like, I write for good people. I've written good things. Um, people read my work. It's hard to argue that I'm not, like... Yeah, I'm definitely happy with my writing career so far. I just wish I made more money out of it. Uh, so... Is that in terms of comedy, I probably would have liked to be better than I am. Not like, I mean, I would like to be like, you know, bigger like in my career and stuff. But personally, I think I would have just thought that I would be better at it than I am now. Um, but I'm working on that. And that is a matter of prepping up to get your rep up, you know. Um, I can be a little bit lazy with those kind of things. And so that's probably why I'm not uh, on the level that I want to be at when it comes to that. So looking forward, I think I kind of answered this a bit with uh, NASA's question earlier. Um, just, yeah, in five years' time, it would be cool if the Heat City Comedy Festival has, like, you know, international acts and it's going for a whole maybe two weeks? Maybe, probably not two weeks. That's a bit ambitious. But, you know, like a whole week, lots of different shows, being able to run like two shows at a time and have them be supported, that would be dope. Um, Have this podcast just be, you know, like a popular thing, maybe. But I don't know, like not like super popular. I don't want like everyone to know about this. Like I don't want everyone to listen to me. God, no. Fuck no. That would be horrible. But like, you know, more people, more people than this uh, in five years time. And yeah, just on slightly bigger stages. I just want, I want to be doing more comedy more often. So that's where I want to be in five years' time. That's where I see myself in five years' time. Uh, how do you personally plan a comedy set? Do you structure around a predetermined theme or just write material and see where it takes you? 
The answer to your question is both. Um, depends on the show, depends on different things. Like at the moment for the Heat City Comedy Festival, I'm writing The End of the World. So kind of got a theme there and lots of different themes within that. But it actually came from, you know, a bunch of different jokes I've been working on for quite a long time. And eventually it just kind of clicked like, hey, there's like a longer thing here that I can do and turn into a show. And so now I'm, you know, going like with that, I've got a whole bunch of different ideas. And so I'm then taking topics and trying to write jokes about that. But a lot of my jokes are also just written on the fly, just literally thinking, you know, to myself or on Twitter or in a conversation, you know, you say something funny or you think of something funny, or you think of a cool turn of phrase, or a cool thought, and like, I'll write that down in my Trello, because uh, Trello is like this cool app that you can, oh, sorry, so Trello is like this cool app where you can basically, yeah, like use it on your phone, use it on your computer, and I, I just feel it's got like cool usability from the kind of note-taking that I want to use, so I do that, I'll, you know, take some notes, and then I've got a, like, fucking hundreds of, <laughs> of all these like look, just different sticky notes kind of things in my Trello and they're all in different sections you know like ideas currently working on finished and then you know there's current stuff that I'm using in my current set and then like in Google Docs I've just got like a bunch of different docs where it's like weed jokes or you know like divorce jokes or you know just different like sections of jokes essentially that I can then if I'm doing depending on the show, at the moment, I've kind of got, like, my set that I do, like, I'm quite stoked about it, and, like, I'll add some stuff into it, and, like, I'll take some things out as time goes on, um, but I'm liking the, you know, 10 to 15 that I do a lot of the time at the moment, um, but other than that, yeah, like, I'll just continually, like, or it depends on the show, like, if I think the current jokes that I have won't work or certain sections of the set that I have at the moment won't work I'll go and look at all the stuff that I've written well not all of it but like lots of different things I've written I'll have a think of uh, maybe I can you know try that or this and yeah go and check out all the jokes that I've written about that and add them into that particular set and so long term you know that can all, all those different jokes can go into different shows as well as, you know, time goes on, depending on what kind of, you know, one-man shows, like, I work on and stuff like that. So, that's kind of my process, I guess. It's a lot of different ways of also doing it, you know, like, sometimes when I'm writing jokes, I'll spider diagram them. Other times, like, I'll just start writing, like, a story and then, you know, think of funny things that can happen and then, like, cut those down and then, you know, think of wordplay as it's going along. I don't know, there's like, yeah, this, uh, I, I guess like, people, everyone does it a little bit differently, but I do it literally like differently each time I do it, so I don't know. This one-man show is just me now taking lots of different notes as time goes on, and then every night's just sitting down with those notes and, you know, thrashing them out, and then also doing a lot of different research. I'm definitely reading up a lot, I'm you know, watching videos, and I'm just trying to get a better understanding of how the world is going to end, and so I can make it funny for you. If you were a wrestler, what would your stage name be? Not Bob, and name your finishing move. Well, like, my Twitter handle has always kind of been my wrestling name. It's Bobness Monster, man. Like, I I would be the Bobness Monster. 
And in terms of a finishing move, hmm, like, do I make one up or? Like, I've always liked uh, the Brian Kendrick slash bread number two. It's uh, just a great name for a finishing move because there's a finishing move called slice bread or there's a move called slice bread. And slice bread number two is where you do it like off the turnbuckle and like do a little backflip. So, yeah, man, I think uh, I would do slice bread number two. Although, if I had to like create a character, if I wasn't like Bubness Monster or whatever, I would be the wizard. Because, oh no, I wouldn't be the wizard. I'd be the magician. Yes, I'd be the magician. And uh, then my finishing move would be the shining wizard. So thank you very much for that question. How many more do we have to go here? And uh, what are they? Reading material that you enjoy. Books, magazines, slash sites. It's weird. These days I don't really read that many sites other than, you know, like news articles and that. But the millions. And the millions. No, the millions. There's a great website for literary stuff and just um, cool, like, life topics, good interviews with people, just really, you know, high-quality shit. So I recommend going and checking out The Millions. Uh, magazines, The Lake, local magazine, it's free, and you can pick it up at Kaya Records. You can also, I think, get it at Skyline and lots of different places around the country. It's done by a guy called Stefan Odea or steak as he's affectionately known and i definitely want to get steak on this podcast so i recommend that going to check out the lake check out the millions so in terms of books uh bill brasson i've been reading a lot of this year Paige got me at home because i lent her a short history of nearly everything last year and so she got me at home for christmas and then i'm actually reading a short history of nearly everything again at the moment just to try and you know learn up for the the end of the world Sure, you know, because you got to know where you came from to know where you're going. So, Bill Bryson's a big, like, a big one for me. I love him. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut, big fan of Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, Galapagos was really good. Slaughterhouse-Five, also really good. And I've got a few more that I actually need to check out. So I'm busy. I'm, I'm kind of cheating at the moment. Oh, yes, Breakfast of Champions, of course, by Kurt Vonnegut. Um, I'm kind of looking at my my bookshelf at the moment i also finished dune uh this year when i was on a a flats basically i was doing a thing where like i read the book only when i was on flats so it took me like a year to finish reading dune but it it inspired me to take more flats so it was a it was a good little goal i need to actually do more of that just in general reading and flying around the country but yeah, I recommend like uh, Frank Herbert's Dune if you've never read it. There's a lot of dope memes that have come out of it that you're just not going to get. You're just not going to get it. Uh, yeah, you're going to... I was actually... I was going to try to drop one in there. And then like I was realized... I've read the books, but I don't necessarily know how to say all the words. So I would just be fucking like trying to school people whilst schooling myself. And uh, so yeah... I recommend checking out some Kurt Vonnegut. I recommend checking out Bill Brasson. I recommend reading the Dune series in general. Uh, the Millions as a website. And The Lake as a magazine. I hope that helps you all enjoy your reading. Because uh, that's what I enjoy to read. What have you learned from some of your guests so far? Who do you want to follow up with? Because there were still topics you'd like to discuss with them. I think the thing that I've learned from like people is like you got to be tenacious man 
Um, a lot of people have shown that on this podcast. Like the way that they've gone into where they've gone into is just by having a like self belief and not letting go of that. And personally, I have let go of that a few times um, as I've gone on. It might not seem like that, like you know, like from the way I do put out content and I put myself out there, but. I definitely have uh, at times given up and I'm sure other people have as well, you know, that I've chatted to in the podcast, but, you know, chatting to people like some Kelo, you know, like where he's just like, yeah, dude, I don't, don't have a fucking opportunity. Like I was going to make it because I had nothing else. And like, it's weird because I feel like I do kind of have that driving me, but like, I'm not as but I also, like, don't necessarily have it on, you know, the stakes aren't necessarily that high, or maybe, like, they are, but, like, they aren't, because I do have a bit more of a safety net than someone like some Kelo. Um, so, yeah, like, just the tenacity required, and also, you know, like, with, with some people, what's been cool to learn is that, not everything you do is going to, you know, work out. Like someone like Lee for Mark, the cool, like a lot of people have chatted to me about the Lee one as an inspiration for them as well, because, you know, she's done a lot of different things and is still continuing to do different things and, you know, find her dreams. You know, she's done, she's lived a dream multiple times essentially and realized, hey, this isn't actually my dream. Um, whereas other people, you know, are just doing the one thing. So there's a cool duality almost between like the different people and the different ways, you know, you can live your life, I guess, you know, either dedicated to a cause or dedicated to chaos, I guess, you know, always trying different things. So in terms of who I'd like to chat to again, probably everyone, uh, not like to be facetious or anything. Am I using the word facetious correctly there? I'm probably being facetious and using the word facetious there. Um, No, being pretentious. Oh, fuck. That pretentious cunt. Bob Perfect. He makes me just face him. Uh, <laughs> anyway, where was I? So who, who would I like to follow up with? Probably everyone, man. Um, just because, you know, I've got an understanding that hopefully this podcast will grow. Like if I keep doing it for two, three, four years, more people will listen to it each time. And then in a couple of years time, those people wouldn't have heard the interviews I did before and they won't know the people that I chatted to and all these people that I've chatted to already, it would be cool to get their stories out there again and to do follow-ups to find out where they are in their careers down the line and that's very much my plan when it comes to this podcast. I definitely want to chat to a lot of these people again uh, as time goes on. You know, I want to check in with people and, you know, keep following them along with their careers because we don't know how any of this is going to go. And I feel like that's kind of a cool thing for us to all be able to look back on, you know, like stuff that seems big now that's probably still very humble beginnings uh, for a lot of the people that I've interviewed, you know. So, yeah, pretty much everyone, man. There's no one that I don't want to interview again. I've actually enjoyed doing all of this quite a lot. So I'm looking forward to getting everyone back at some point and uh, checking in, maybe we'll do like a live one, where we get like four people at a time, and like, you know, just check in as time goes on, um, what to you makes Durban unique, and different to other SA cities, uh, our lack of money, 
<laughs> like that's that's probably it. Uh, we have less resources, so we have to be more resourceful. It's also it's also pretty. It's also laid back. You know, those are the the main things. Like you know, I enjoy living in Durban. I feel like the pace of life here very much suits my pace. Uh, like I'm a both laid back and pretty hyper guy, and Durban allows for both those things. As long as you know where to look, uh, you can you can definitely find you can definitely jaw your fucking face off in Durban, and you can do it for cheap. Uh, Durban offers some damn fun and damn cool art, and just in general, like artists here are. We we all say it, and I've said it a million times, but artists here are kind of better than a lot of artists everywhere else because things are harder for them to do here and that's why you know we all have that stereotype of when Durbanites leave Durban they excel because they're used to working harder to try and get to the same levels that you know people in other cities don't necessarily hustle quite the same way um but at the same time you know people who stay in Durban uh do have a bit of a laziness to them, do have a, well, maybe not a laziness to them, but just a, an understanding that uh, things don't necessarily need to be done in the, in the time frame that you want them to be done in. So it creates an interesting dynamic. But the lack of resources is a cuck one, and it's one that continually grows to frustrate me and will be the reason why I eventually leave, you know. Um... It's, you can only keep banging your head against the wall for so long, but at the same time, you know, I'm hoping that my banging head against the wall actually does break through, like, that it's just drywall, it's uh, not brick, and <laughs> that eventually I'll just be able to, you know, break on through to the other side, uh, yeah, man, break on through to the other side, okay, what are the next questions? We live in a world where social media and constant sharing seem to have led to the rise of cancel culture and people quick to judge someone who has bad publicity, sometimes without even waiting for the other side of the story. What's your take on social media outrage and why people are so quick and eager to take others down? Uh, in brackets, not things like social movements, but rather drama that spirals out of control. Uh, oh, fuck. I don't know, man. Like, obviously, cancel culture is a little bit much. But at the same time, you know, like necessary, it's we're in a we're in a weird time. But, you know, cancel culture has led to a lot of predators being called out and caught out. And that's, I think, a good thing because people have been hiding in the shadows for a long time. And, you know, other people have been scared to talk out. And I know you say not social movements and instead drama and stuff, but you know, most of the cancelling that I see of people is, you know, social stuff. It is because of, you know, them being homophobic or racist or stuff like that. And in that case, like, like, I still don't necessarily agree with someone being fucking cancelled completely and having no path to redemption. But it's also up to you to you know, pick your path to redemption, and it's not up to, you know, society to just accept you and your bullshit, and, like, I guess I'm kind of thinking about Louis C.K. when I talk about that there, um, because, you know, 
he was cancelled and keeps getting cancelled every time he gets on stage now. But he seems to still have a career. So what's what I also find interesting about the whole cancel culture thing is just like it's a thing that is you know utilized by like the right and the left like the left like the right especially like you know just cancel all like left brands and you know the left you know is canceled roseanne and the rights i mean the problem is the right just has a bunch of racists on them so i guess more of them are going to get canceled as time goes on but as it relates to you know regular ass people um once again, I don't know, man, like, it's, it's a strange thing, because, you know, you look at someone, like, oh, I can't remember, Victor- Vicky Momberg, like, you know, she's unapologetic about her shit, and so, fuck her, she needs to be cancelled, but that woman who wrote that tweet, like, about coming to Africa, and, you know, I think it was something about, like, getting AIDS, or, you know, very bad joke, very poorly timed, but, you know, she actually, like, I can't remember what that book was called, but there was a book written about her and other people, like, oh, I think it's called So You've Been Online Shamed or something, I can't remember right now, Um, but, you know, like, yeah, the tweet was wrong and she shouldn't have said it, but as a person and from what I understand, from what I read, she's done a lot of good work and was doing a lot of good work and in the space of a 12-hour flat, you know, her whole life changed just because she said something stupid and that's, as someone who said a lot of stupid things and will continue to say a lot of stupid things, it's definitely something I am aware of and, you know, I think like I think a lot of comedians probably do have an understanding of a like what they might go through or might have to go through like in this time and some of it might be justified and some of it might not and I guess that's the thing is that this is a nuanced conversation this is a nuanced experience in general um and we're living in a time where uh, there isn't enough nuance, and we're not, and like you say, you know, like, because, you know, I, I get involved, man, like, I hop on, like, I enjoy, you know, taking a few kicks here and there, like, people that I don't know when they're down, and I think it's cathartic, I think it's, we're a sick, sick fucking, like, species, like, you know, we've always wanted our bloodletting, we've always wanted to tear someone for their bad verses, yeah, we've always wanted to tear people apart, we've always, you know, like, you look at the history of humanity from gladiators to fucking public executions and stuff, there's something about crowds cheering on, you know, people being picked apart, and it is morbid, man, and I think we all do probably need to examine how we look at these things ourselves and how we interact with them ourselves. And, you know, I need to definitely do that. And just in general, you know, I find the internet having a negative effect on me and that it does just make me into more of a bit of a fucking dick. And I jump on, you know, random strangers, bad days and make them worse. So, yeah, I don't know where I stand on all of it, man. I think in some cases, like you know, it's definitely good that some people 
get cancelled. But at the same time, I I do think there should be a path for redemption of people, you know, once to redeem themselves. And I also think, yeah, like, we need to maybe not just jump on random fucking strangers' shit, especially when we don't have the context. But uh, we all know that's not going to happen. And lastly, five things to do, places to visit in Durban that are off the beaten track, i.e. small restaurant that had the best burger or vintage clothing store people might not be aware of. Um, I would recommend the Hop Shop on Davenport Road, on Helen Joseph Road. They support, um, you know, like, uh, so basically it's a second-hand store that you can go to. You can get second-hand clothes, you can get books, you can get tons of different stuff there. And all of that goes to children's homes. So you can help abandoned babies by going and supporting them. And you can also find lots of cool stuff. Like I managed to get uh, Risk, the whole board game, the whole complete thing for 100 bucks, which was awesome. I buy books from there constantly. Uh, I like I buy books from there more often than I can read them. But they, they often have some interesting sci-fi stuff coming in for some reason. Like I'll... Oh, yeah, like, I found, like, one or two Dune books there. I found some, uh, what's it, Isaac Asimov. I found some Ray Bradbury there. So, yeah, like, that's a cool little shop. Also recommend, hmm, what do I recommend? I recommend going to, uh, going to town in general. Uh, Just the city of Durban is dope. There's lots of exciting and fun things to do. But just rad, like rad food spots, lots of great places to get some uh, clothes. So I would recommend, here's what I'd recommend you do. You catch a taxi, right, to the workshop. You'll say, workshop, and then you'll get to the workshop, probably. You might not, actually. (laughs) You might get on the wrong taxi entirely, and then I can't help you. But take the taxi to the workshop, then when you get out by the workshop, there's a dope shawarma place. I can't remember what this ramen place is called, but that's one of my favorite spots. Super spicy, really like just tangy sauce, just super flavorsome, like lots of flavors, all the flavors. And uh, they do a cool shawarma for like 20 bucks to 25 bucks if you get a little bit of cheese in it. So I highly recommend that. And just in general, any place in town you can get a shawarma, probably going to be pretty good. La Pizza, pretty good. Aladdin's pretty good. Honchos do a cool double special, like you do two small ones uh, for 25 bucks. So highly recommend all of those if you are into shawamas, and I am very into shawamas. Well, like what they call shawamas, but it's essentially just rotis with chicken, chips, and salad in it, and just hot sauce. And then that's just put in a, uh, what's it called? A sandwich maker, essentially. Well, not a sandwich maker, like a sandwich um, toaster. Uh, they just put in a toaster, toast that, oh, and you just walk around town eating it. It's delicious. Then I recommend, so you, you get out that shop. Now you're going to go the opposite direction of the workshop. And then at the next robots, you're going to hit a right. And then your next robots, you're going to hit a left. Now this is the road where the piles are. Now the piles are not what you think they are. No, I'm not going to send you to a place where there's, you know, little purple things coming out of people's assholes. That's not the kind of person I am. I'm going to send you to go and get the dopest, cheapest secondhand clothing in Durban. Now, all across this road, I can't remember what the road is called. And also, you need to go hunt for this shit, man. I'm not just going to hold your hand 
but this is where you can get really cool clothes from five rand all the way to like a hundred bucks uh, from all around the world just secondhand clothes and it's literally just piles and piles and piles of clothes now i've gotten like all my dope jackets all my dope like my wrestlemania 2000 um sweater that's from there that's from the piles like my like dope uh skydiving like well it's not an actual skydiving jacket but just lots of cool interesting clothes that come from you know europe and from america like basically like get delivered here and people buy it by weight and then you go and you buy it like five rand at a time so that's a cool experience that you can go on in town you can get yourself a shawarma you can go and dig into the piles there's also like i said the hop shop here what else can i recommend hmm in terms of other dope things to check out i highly recommend uh going and checking out obviously kaya records and ike's bookstore which is right next door to kaya records it's actually where i got my kurd bonagot galapagos and in general they always have like really interesting like they've got like some uh, yeah they get first editions of things and interesting editions of things and also just in general books that you can't find anywhere else Ike's bookstore is fantastic for that sort of thing and they've been going forever also then obviously there's kaya records which is next door to Ike's. and if you're in durban you probably know of kaya records already even if you're outside of durban you probably know of kaya records i chatted to fuego heat fuego heat i chatted to fuego heat um, about kaya records and all the different things he does uh, at kaya records for this podcast so kaya records lots of dope local records lots of dope international stuff just probably one of durban's raddest probably like the place that's made vinyl cool again in durban although there have been other spaces there's south store vinyl as well i love what linda may is doing uh that's definitely more um specialized kind of records and you need to go and check that out so if you're a general you know you want to get like a bob marley record or something like that or like a dope south african release then go check out kaya records and then if you want to get like more obscure underground stuff um not that kaya doesn't have cool underground stuff but like linda has a very specific kind of taste and a very unique selection and i highly recommend going and checking out south south store vinyl in glenwood as well so those are all the different places south store vinyl kaya records axe bookstore uh the shawarma stop that you get when you get out the taxi that you take to with the workshop uh the piles in town and then the hop shop at helen joseph so i hope that's uh all very helpful for you also last one go if you can go go check out the mangroves um just just google it beachwood mangroves and find out when they're going to be open again and go check that out definitely a cool part of durban that you probably don't check out ever you've probably never been to the mangroves have you no so go check out the mangroves because they're a natural wonder of sorts and you know we get to we get to experience that we get to experience a lot of dope cool nature in and around durban even stuff like kranzkloof i know everyone knows kranzkloof but maybe you haven't been in a while uh so go check that out as well cool so that's that that was all the questions um i'm going to give this a short edit tomorrow so you should hear this on wednesday hopefully you'll hear this on wednesday it's been like just with the workload at the moment it has been very difficult getting podcasts out on time even just managing to do the podcast getting anything out on time at the moment but i am hoping to get this done and get it out there and 
what else can I tell you at the moment? I guess I should say, if you like us, you can like us on Facebook at the Almost Perfect Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Almost underscore podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Almost Perfect Bob. And if you want to get in touch directly, you can hit me up almostperfectpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to support the podcast directly, you can do so over on patreon.com forward slash almost perfect. And if you want to come and watch me do some stand-up comedy, I will be hosting the closing night on the Friday at Cool Runnings. That's going to be on the 2nd of August for the Heat City Comedy Festival, as well as performing my second ever one-man show called The End of the World. And that is going to be on Sunday, the 4th of August at 8 o'clock. I hope to see many of you there, although I have no idea who many of you are. So, uh... I have no clue if I'm actually going to see you. Just come up to me after the show and be like, hey, I listen to the podcast. And that's why I came. So that would be really cool. And I'd really appreciate seeing you all about there. It is quite late. I am quite tired. And I am going to head on out of here. Thank you so much for listening all the way through to the end. And I look forward to getting some new guests on here. Like I said, I've actually got some really cool... I do have some cool guests lined up for you. We've got the Durban International Film Fest coming up. So I've got one or two people from there who I'm going to be chatting to. And then we've also got the Heat City Comedy Festival coming up. And so I'm going to be chatting to a few people there.